0: Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday. <laughs> is
0: its it? Uh, we're... Is
1: it? Is it?
0: <laughs> I'm trying to put on a brave face. Uh <laughs> And as you can hear, we have guests with us closing out the week. It's uh, Scott and Nick from Dueling Genre Productions and Back to the Future Minute. Hey guys!
2: Hi, hello. Glad to be back.
0: Yes, welcome back.
2: Oh, so excited. We have, we have. I, I'm, I'm honored to be on for this, for this minute with two of the, you know, greatest lines in the movie. Well, we're happy to have you. We, we need somebody's shoulder. Yeah, we need yeah, shoulders to lean on right now. <laughs> These are the oh most man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Minute 99 uh, of Star Trek 2 starts with Spock saying, It is logical. And ends a minute later with Spock saying, I have been and always shall be your friend. Mm. Yes. Whew.
1: So when Spock is saying, Don't grieve, Admiral, it is logical,
2: is he saying that his actions were logical? No, I think he's saying what he what, what he's going to say next is logical. The needs of the many outweigh many the outweigh needs of the, the needs of, right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like hey, this wasn't don't, don't look at what happened here as like an abnormality or a tragedy. It's it's just logic.
1: Right. right. Yeah, I sort of said you, that last minute about him being a Vulcan and, you know, less human and here he is starting out being the Vulcan saying, "Don't don't grieve, Admiral it it is logical the mm-hmm. needs of the the needs of the many outweigh you know and kirk finishes the line but that's almost very human of him to be putting himself
0: before everyone else absolutely i think that yeah you're 100% right i think the i i think his actions Are the humans? The action he took is the human side of Spock, not the the logical side of Spock. He might be trying to convince himself otherwise. Yes, but I think that's the beauty of
1: yes. His words are saying
0: yes something
1: different than what he actually did.
2: Well, what 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 I think what is the difference is that it is logical. What he's saying is logical that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Yeah, that is an absolutely logical statement. What makes it human is that Spock wasn't down there. He left his post to go do this rather than just be like, "Well, logic states that someone should go in there and do it." So send an ensign in, someone who doesn't matter. Yeah, right. that and would be g- the logical, logical, like you know, albeit sociopathic <laughs> decision. <laughs> would be we'll just send a red shirt in there and have them do it and save the ship, yeah. and yeah. But it's because Spock leaves his post on the bridge to save the ship, knowing that he's going to die, is the human part of it, I think, specifically. Exactly. Yes.
3: And what I believe to be the the triumph of of Spock is, you know, his final act that saves, you know, thousands, hundreds, hundreds, thousands, a lot of lives. I don't know how many people were on the Enterprise, but um, (laughs) – You what know, is the it,
0: population of the enterprise on average it's just a boat full of kids in this case, so I think yeah. it's i'm gonna say it's hundreds, okay, yeah,
3: so yeah, so like you know throughout the this character's journey, and arguably after this part, and you know even going into the new the the Kelvin verse, you know Spock is always constantly struggling between these two halves of his of his nature. You know, do I err towards the Vulcan side of me? Do I err towards the human side of me? Is the human side wrong? Is the Vulcan side wrong? Who am I dishonoring one by honoring the other? You know, it's it, it, it's what makes this such a compelling, timeless character. And but but and, and yet, like 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 Scott just sort of said uh, said just a few minutes ago, it's only through honoring both that he's able to to. Commit this act of heroism. If it wasn't for his human side, he might not have ever had the bravery and recklessness and courage to leave his post and 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 do what he did. But without his logical side, his Vulcan side, he might not have ever seen the simple truth of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Which, mm-hmm. go, going back to kind of the the Eastern influences of, of Vulcanism and being a Vulcan, it's only through. Becoming one with who you are and accepting everything about yourself and becoming one with all parts of you, even the parts of you that you might discourage as being weak or or human, that you're able to transcend and become like the best version of yourself. So like Spock's final sacrifice, his final victory, you know, his his his, his, you know, his final moment isn't you know he doesn't have to forsake his human side you know one doesn't beat the other he doesn't finally choose one or the other he uses both of them and right i th- I think that's a pretty beautiful way for this character to to quote go
0: yeah that was beautifully summed up this is bad Rathicon minute
1: good night everybody <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that, that line, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, what I, what I actually love about that line is that it's the line that Spock uses to justify his death to Kirk. And then in Search for Spock, which is a movie that I love without qualification, I, 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 I love Search for Spock. For many, many reasons. But the biggest reason is the fact that it's a story about a family going out of their way to prove that, no, sometimes the needs of the one do outweigh the needs of the many. If if yeah. you love each other, if you, we're a family like we're supposed to be, that like sometimes that's not true. Yeah, and I I love that. I love that as a theme for Search for Spock, about how much you know they mean to each other, right? And what they're willing to do for each other.
3: To borrow Scott's words uh, that that we've exchanged, like in private over, like you know, text and stuff. Search for Spock is the story of when the crew of the Enterprise became the family of the Enterprise.
0: Yeah, yeah, very nice. Agreed. Yeah, Yeah, that is a brilliant way that. The way they spun that and and and, and turned it around and, and and without making it corny, right? They mm-hmm. yeah. it, it was a perfect summation of Sir Spock. I agree, right?
2: Right, because they never they never outright and stated. I don't think. I don't think there's a line where Kirk is like because Spock doesn't have any memory so Kirk's yeah. telling Spock telling telling Spock uh you know sometimes uh, the needs of the one do outweigh the needs of the many and, Kirk, and Spock would just look at him blankly and like who are you so <laughs> so I don't think that would have gone over well so I don't think he ever outright states it but that's definitely like the mission statement of Search for Spock and I I I love that about that movie um and plus you know Christopher Lloyd what can I mean look you know where sure. we're from, <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: <laughs> oh, so
2: you I know, it, see it, the connection. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: where. we're Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of the questions I had for you guys, it just you know, thinking about uh, thinking about this movie and the others, and and um, I think there's a you know, in all of Star Trek, you know, we know the main characters of Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and and uh, and I think there's been a lot of. I don't know if it's controversy, but I think between William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, there's always been kind of you know you've heard of, of rivalries and tensions over the years and yeah, um, and, and part of it yeah, I know part of it was due to that so many people Spock was such a had such a fan base and um and you know granted I love all the characters and but I think um I guess my question where I'm going is do we is Star Trek ultimately about Spock or about Kirk? What would if you were gonna? If you were gonna pick,
2: I would say Kirk. Without without a quote, like yeah, I would say I would absolutely say Kirk because, in a way, Spock's story is over here. And yeah, you get a Spock in the next handful of movies, but it's a different Spock who, you know, gains a different relationship with. Jim and McCoy. Mm. Yeah. Um and and it, he never becomes the Spock that we lose here. This is the Spock from the original series. And Kirk carries on and Kirk has his own arc with this other Spock, but it's not the same. Um so I would I would say for that reason, more than anything else, I would say it's it's definitely Kirk's story, mm-hmm. I think.
3: I can't I can't speak with absolute confidence here, but it almost kind of reminds me of what they're attempting to do with like the Groot baby Groot situation in Hmm. in in guardians of the galaxy
2: actually yeah that's (laughs) wow that's a weird connection to make but you're totally right yeah
3: Yeah, we're like yeah like you know this Groot this character did die and that that loss doesn't mean something and you know and but now we have this new character baby Groot who's you know, kind of a reminder of what you loved before, but he is going to be his own dude and he's going to have like his own new memories and personality or to bring it back around to what I brought up yesterday, kind of a B4 data situation.
1: Mm. Right. Right. I don't. So I I like your point, Scott and Nick, I like your point, but I got to say, I can't envision Star Trek with one without the other. Mm -hmm. So like, Oh, for sure. So I have <laughs> always I I have always thought that Star Trek was a Kirk and Spock thing. It was never it was never a Kirk or a Spock thing. It was them together.
2: Well, That's, okay. So you guys you guys get asked us a trick question then because you made me choose and I choose and you're like ah actually it's both. No 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 you can <laughs> no, I totally, asked. you could you could
1: Chris asked you could totally have an answer. I just think even going back to the series and watching the original series and watching the movies it's. It's their journey together. Yes, Spock's mm-hmm. journey diverts from Kirk's for a little bit. And yes, he does come back as a new character, but it's still their journey. Mm-hmm. When they get back together, you know, even in episode, you know, movie four, it's it's their journey to the past, you know. Mm-hmm. And when they're sitting around the campfire and the, they're going, you know. Even though in the undiscovered country, Spock goes off and does his own thing, it always diverges back to those two characters. Even though we talk about the the three of them with McCoy being there, it's to me it's always been Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, four is kind of the first adventure of Spock two point Like my, my, not to get too far into Voyage Home, but one of my favorite favorite. It only it always makes me tear up almost is when at the end of four when Spock gets to talk to his mother. And like you know that callback to the the question at the end of Search for Spock, you know where it's like you know if you see my father like like the answer is or so if you see my mother tell her I'm fine, right? Yeah. And you're like oh that's what this whole movie's been about you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just reminded me of that.
2: I I yeah no I I totally agree I mean if that's if that's an option I I definitely choose both but uh yeah if I have yeah, to choose I'd, one I would say Kirk over Spock. Because Spock works in that, in that, um, especially in the original series, and then and then you get sort of a reflection of that here. But it was always he was the supporting character to Kirk.
3: That's almost one of the rare advantages of these new JJ Abrams movies is you kind of finally get right an equal amount of backstory and and hero's journey for Spock as well as Kirk.
2: Right.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. They, in that, yeah. in that right.
2: re in that first reboot, you go back and forth from like, from when they were kids.
0: Um, right. So yeah, get both the origins. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Both
3: being children out of feeling alienated in their own culture.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mostly ask it just to, you know, um, I, I swing both, uh, both ways on the, on the topic. I think, um, uh, you know, we, we, Dave and I have talked a little bit about this with um, <clears throat> Spock's character over the films. I mean, um, uh, in you know, in the motion picture, he uh, you know tries to purge himself of all emotion and and, and fails. Um, and actually, you know, by the end of that film, seems to come more to terms with this human side. Um, and then it leads into this, where he takes this uh, you know selfless act and uh, sacrifices himself, which again, I think, still. Um, is is highlighting that that part of his side, and then, mm-hmm. and then you're right, <laughs> Spock 2.0. I like that, Nick. I I'd never really thought about that. You do get that <laughs> uh, kind of reset, you know, of Spock coming out the other side. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just makes me think sometimes, like, yeah, there's an awful lot of, you know, could it have been Spock's story all along, even though it was happening in the background.
2: Speaking of Spock, though, I I this was an interesting detail that. Um, uh, You know, I, I think, I, you know, not watching it one minute at a time, you just sort of... Because you're so wrapped up in the emotion of the moment. I think I, I just sort of miss what this is saying. But there's that moment where Spock says that he never took the Kobayashi Maru. Mm. Wasn't he a captain? How in the world did he <laughs> yes. not take the <laughs> Kobayashi Maru?
1: Yeah, you're asking one of my questions there. I... I don't understand how he could have gotten, I mean, obviously in the, in the Kelvin timeline, we learned that he developed the Kobayashi Maru test. Right. And I don't know if that ever is explained in the primary timeline.
3: Isn't everything the way that it was in the, oh wait, no, no, it would have been, no, never mind. Yeah. It, it still would have been different because it's different the moment that the movie begins because it's when the, right. it's when uh, Nero's ship breaks into our domain. Deme- okay, cool. Never mind. Yeah.
0: I answer my question. <laughs> it's a little confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, uh, you're right. That, you know, I never took the Kobayashi Maru test, and I, my note there was when he asked that question of Kirk. Kirk kind of looks away for a second, and and almost looks like he has a smile on his face. And I, and I don't know. And I'm reading into this probably a lot, you know, because it's a fleeting moment. But I, I'm I was almost wondering if this is like Spock's last attempt at some humor. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. is he pulling Kirk's leg right now? You know, by saying that right. in a way, right? Um, and you know, Kirk has nothing to say to this other than he, he kind of like half smiles, kind of, and then just says, you know, he doesn't answer it. He just says, Spock, you know, he's just in in despair here, right?
2: Um, oh, Spock so. saying, Spock saying, what do you think of my solution? <sighs> yeah. Oh, oh, how do you how do you, re- how do you respond to that? There's no. There's no. God. There's uh, no way you can you can't. respond. You can't. Well, but that's the thing, though, because if you are, if if Spock is saying this situation was like the Kobayashi Maru, what do you think of my solution? He won the Kobayashi Maru. That's what he's saying. I yeah, I I beat did. you, Kirk. <laughs> like I beat you at the Kobayashi <laughs> Maru. You had to cheat to win. I didn't. I just had to die. <laughs> it's it's kind it. of like this. I is, think
1: by like, dying, you effectively lose.
2: Well, but but no, because the ship goes on. Yeah, because the objective is to
3: save the crew and everyone on board. And
2: Cruise. the thing that no one thinks about is sacrificing themselves. Because it's like, and oh, well, no one be-
3: say that I have to live. I just have to make sure the ship is OK. <laughs>
2: right. So he right. won. He beat the Kobayashi Maru.
3: It's wow. just that a human ego would never dare to imagine a, a scenario in which I don't keep going because that's especially, the most important
2: thing. Especially in a war game. Like, yeah. it's it's a game. So, like, you would never even think of that as a solution. Because you're like, well, how do I die in a game? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And now there we were in an actual Kobayashi Maru situation and Spock figured out how to win. The Kobayashi Maru.
3: Yeah. Mm. You just have to care more about other people than you do about
0: yourself. Yeah. Right. Good night,
3: everybody. (laughs) (laughs) did you do? You keep hitting
0: him out of the park, Nick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about a little bit about the music again going back to James Horner's score because there's something I never noticed before um, oh. I, we talked about a little bit at the last minute that the the music has segued down in, into a variation of uh, you know Spock's theme <clears throat> and it's actually on the soundtrack it's you know uh, called Spock in parentheses dies <laughs> so not, not so subtle <laughs> um, but there's a little uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it there's a little um uh, I just said clint Eastwood western motif in here um it, from you know the good the bad and the ugly uh the you know that oh yeah tone there's a little bit of that mixed into this and uh i i thought i was hearing something else in the background i'm like what was that and i'm like oh it's the soundtrack it's actually i'm like that's a weird little motif to throw in the in, in the sequence
2: mm-hmm. yeah i'm yeah, not,
0: no, I'm not totally could...
2: i'm not totally sure what it does yeah I don't know if
0: I totally
1: noticed that before.
0: It's to, subtle.
1: Yeah, I'll have to listen to it again. Yeah.
0: But the other piece of it, too, that it, it you know, then right near the end of this minute, that it also starts to transition into the, the first couple of opening notes of the original series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Space, The Final Frontier, you right. start to hear the ding, ding, ding. It's starting to transition to that. I don't know if they... <laughs> I don't know if that's what the punch in the gut is, you know, on top of all this stuff. It's like God, how they're throwing in the original series music just to, you know, add yet another layer. They're they're doing a great job getting us to feel everything.
2: Yes. So I have I have a question about the final line of our minute. Sure. So the final line, of course, is the I have been and always shall be your friend. Now, I have always always taken this As Spock is saying, I've always been your friend, and even though I'm dead, I'll always be your friend, like in your heart, or whatever. But Spock being who he is, and being very logical, is he actually saying, I have always been your friend, and I shall be again when the other me wakes up and is uh, me again, and... Even though he'll be weird, I swear to God, he's still going to be your friend. You know? Like, yeah. is that kind of what he's saying?
0: You could totally read that into this, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I
2: prefer the more poetic version, of course. But when you're it looking is- at it one minute at a time, you got to come up with something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, time I, is I, relative. No,
3: I, you know, I mean, how, how can one even – I mean. Like, how, 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 like, you know, concepts like death, what does it even mean to people like Spock, you know, or Kirk, right? That weave in and out of wormholes and time dimensions and whatnot, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this could just be another day at the office, really, right? He's like, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. yeah. I like I meant... that, Scott. <laughs> uh,
2: it's, to, it's, need... it's sort of like an all knowing, like, you know, I, I, I have been and always shall be wink.
0: Your hey. friend. <laughs> over and over and over. Yeah. Forever. Someday I'll be played by
3: Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll go for a while, and then it won't. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Um, I have to. The other thing, my other note was here was just really Lenin Nimoy's performance.
1: Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Um, uh,. You know, in between, I mean, he's he's his you know the kind of the 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 vocals, the you know his labored breathing, his slowly yeah. sliding down the glass, and right. uh, all of these moments of uh, you know he's selling it and it's working and it's believable and um, I just really got to you know just give kudos to to the performance here. It's amazing.
2: Yes, that I, that I slide down the agree. glass. Uh, That slide down the glass probably hurts more than anything, because you can see in his face, he was like, oh, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen. (laughs) Yeah, is is my 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 faculties like losing themselves in front of you, my Mm -hmm. superior officer and my friend, you know? Uh, it's crap and, and it's not until he collapses that he says the I have been and always shall be your friend. Because at right. that point it's like, oh, the pretense is off now. Like I'm I'm on the way out.
0: Yeah. Mm. You He's, know? Yeah, it's time for time for the right. to get it all well, out. Right. It's coming Elizabeth.
2: Right. Uh,
0: Are we uh how do we feel about the, the makeup now that we can see it full on? Too much, not enough?
3: It definitely doesn't take away from the emotion
0: of the scene. No I think it's I think with the I've always thought that you know it's especially with the glass and all the re- reflection you're getting you, you don't quite you can't really get a good look at it right And in a way and like okay, that's good because whatever he whatever they are doing there to you know show this ruin of his face it it, it works because you can't get a good look at it and it's just mm-hmm. there's enough left there to the imagination of like uh that's yeah. gotta hurt. definitely
2: um yeah i think it i think it works i think for the for the reason that you say like if we were on the other side of the glass with him i don't think it would work as well as it does through the through the glass um i think it it it's just off-putting enough yeah but i think you're so wrapped up in the emotion of the scene that after the initial shock you sort of just accept it and just you're just too wrapped up in what's going on to really notice at that point that it's. I mean, it really does just look like they they you know put like uh, liquid skin on him and then like right. sort of like let it like just sort of like peeled little pieces off. Um, it's uh, it's it's not a grade A makeup job, definitely not. But I think it works for the the scene that they're doing.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other the other thing that strikes me about this whole scene, too, that, um, I, is the fact that they're separated by the glass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, to me, it, it almost makes this scene more tragic. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could have been the other way, you know, where Spock was just, you know, dying in Kirk's arms. We could have had the same scene with Kirk holding him, right? Right. But there's something about keeping them separate and not being able to I don't know, connect that uh, – I think, again, I, I it's think I've said layers like five times. It's just – there's all these brilliant uh, pieces that all come together. Yeah,
2: I mean it's a metaphor for their relationship, right? They've never really been able to connect completely. And now even as Spock is dying, they're not able to connect. Right. Even when they are finally connecting, like kind of 100% emotionally, like Kirk understands Spock probably better than he's ever understood Spock in this scene. Mm-hmm. But they're not, they're not connecting physically. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think something it's a really being, interesting metaphor.
3: Something is still being denied them, which almost kind of makes the mm-hmm. moment more tragic and therefore more compelling.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's like, this isn't, I don't think this is how either of them hoped that they would get to say goodbye to each other you know yeah because like there's other people around you know
0: well that you know it's it's funny you say that nick because one of the things i, I think we mentioned was probably a couple weeks ago now is uh you know did and you guys brought it up this week too is you know uh, did spock ever think he was going to get to say goodbye because he made his decision you know on the bridge in those final moments of, hey, we need warp speed. In three minutes, we're all dead. And he d- he just got up and left. He made that decision and he went. And it was, you know, he didn't he didn't look back. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. do you think he ever, you know, planned on saying goodbye?
2: I don't think so. I think he just stubbornly. I think his body just didn't die fast enough. Yeah. Because I mean, like 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 we said, you know, yesterday he was laying in a position of death. Mm-hmm. Like he was waiting for it to arrive and, and Kirk just showed up first.
0: Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. I think you, I agree. I, I, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, i like to think that he, uh, you know, was maybe holding out so he could say goodbye. But, but I think you're right. I think, you know, when he made his decision to, to, to do what he did, I think in his own way, he probably said goodbye in his, you know, in his head and, you know, did everything he needed to do to, you know, probably to gain the courage to do what he did.
2: Well, and you know, there's a certain level of, in the context of the, of the films, because obviously um, the uh, filmmakers didn't know what the moment with McCoy was. They just wanted to give something, some sort of (laughs) hope um, that they were like, we'll explain it later. But in the context of the, of the films, I, I feel like Spock didn't feel that it was necessary to say goodbye because from a certain point of view, it wasn't saying goodbye. Yeah. Right. Because he <laughs> knew that he was he'd he mind melded with with uh, McCoy or whatever. And
3: right. maybe that's kind of his Vulcan side being like, I mean, what does it really matter? I mean, they know. Yeah. I don't need to do
1: some big. But I think but I think it does matter. I think yeah, we yeah. he he proved it. In this, in the, at the end of this minute, he proved that it totally matters. Oh, I yeah. have been, and always shall be your friend. Yeah. I mean, I feel and I feel that Spock was a little bit selfish in his actions for not saying goodbye, that, yeah, he totally could have come down there, fixed everything, and been dead, and Kirk would have never had the opportunity to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a little selfish.
2: It's selfish, but in a way, but it's also logical, and then that's and that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, I agree. You know, like you can't you can't yeah. judge Spock on this uh, on the same you know emotional spectrum that we oh, yeah. judge ourselves. You know, and one
3: of my other favorite uh, uh, quotes from Spock is, "You know, logic is not the end of wisdom, but the beginning of it." Right, and, and I, th- I think a mistake that a lot of non Spock Vulcans make is they think their logic makes them infallible or free of error, and like, and we see throughout right. the show that you know it, it doesn't. Like Vulcans can still make mistakes in the name of logic. And so can people, for, the, you know, for that matter.
0: Yeah, beautiful.
3: A lot to unpack.
0: Yeah, a lot of you know, of course. I mean, this is you, yeah. know, you know the moment, man. Um. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I ran out of notes. This we hit everything I wanted to talk about. How, how about how about you guys?
2: I think I'm good too, Scott. Yeah, no, I've I've uh, I've I've got it. Uh, I've got it taken care of. I mean, I I I will say that watching this for as many times in our franchise, uh, Back to the Future, for as many times as Marty has had to save Doc from death. I think it's interesting that they've never had this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always like, "Oh, he's dead. I guess I I got to go back in time and save him or right. whatever." It, it's never uh, like you know Marty experiencing Doc's like final words or like, anything oh, like Jesus,
3: that. Oh Jesus! No God! <laughs>
2: yeah, right. You never get you never get this this sort of heavy moment, between, well, heavy uh, moment <laughs> between them. Uh, it's it's always sort of. Uh, just like a like a shock, and then and then okay, call to in, action or whatever. It's information received. Exactly.
0: Right, right. Um, yep. It's like boom. Now what? Okay, I got to solve that problem.
2: Right, right. I, I guess that's what happens when you have time travel. <laughs> but <laughs> you, but
0: you know you just thank God that this was that was not the solution to this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> we know we have time travel in Star Trek. Yes, we, we, it, it's coming and. <laughs> Thank God we didn't do that as the solution. <laughs> well, I,
2: I I would I do I like the idea though that they, you know the 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 people who wrote the you know search for Spock like all the individuals involved with that story. I I do like the idea of them all banging their heads against the wall trying to figure out how to bring back Spock, and then they write search for Spock and they're like, what should we do the next one? I'm like, oh, let's do time travel, and they're like oh uh, yeah it's <laughs> like oh that would have been so much easier that's the trope we couldn't think of yeah. right yeah. yeah
0: awesome um well guys one of the one of the things we've been challenging our guests uh to do challenge ask um is uh can you try ranking all of the star trek movies from your favorite to your least favorite and it's up I, to you if you want to attempt all thirteen, or if you just want to constrain it to the original series movies, or or what have you. I I just
2: did this when we were rewatching all of them before Beyond, so I'm actually prepared for this. The only thing, oh. the only wild card is Star Trek Beyond because I haven't thought about oh, where that place is yet.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. Interesting. Um, okay.
2: But uh, yeah, so starting at the bottom, I would say, man. I mean, probably. I mean, ne- Nemesis, Nemesis, Insurrection, and gen- Generations are probably at the bottom.
3: Whoa, there's never been a movie called Star Trek Genesis. That's weird.
1: That is weird, actually. Um, actually, I think this movie was supposed to be called Genesis.
2: Oh, you're right. You're I right. I think that's one of these proposed titles. Yeah. Um, although that is confusing. Uh, because it's like the second one, and it's called Genesis, and it's right. like wh- what? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then you would see the movie and understand. But otherwise, yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd say those are at the bottom, and then above that would be probably, um, Final Frontier, and. Final Frontier, and then above that, Motion Picture, which, again, I think you could edit Motion Picture into an excellent 45-minute amazing episode of Star <laughs> Trek. Because um, I think the story is really good. It just – man, it wallows. Yeah. Um,
3: Vidger, I think, is like an amazing twist.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I, I, oh, yeah. Leg- I'm le- I legitimately love that twist. Uh, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so uh so motion picture and then above that probably voyage home which is a really fun story but doesn't really totally work as a Star trek story you know um, it also doesn't yeah. do oh I forgot, thing we about, were talking I forgot about i forgot about no into, one... i forgot about into darkness i would probably put into darkness bef- i would put that before um under um final frontier so it'd be into darkness then final frontier above it um, okay. yeah, so then, uh, so then, yeah, Voyage Home, then probably beyond there, I think, beyond about there. Uh, um, the wild card, yep. yeah, 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 I, I, that and Undiscovered Country, I don't know which one I like more. Um, I think they're about equal in my mind, I think. Uh, and then I love, um, once you get up to the to those other ones it's like it's like okay so Star Trek the Star Trek reboot 11 and then I really think for me Search for Spock Wrath of Khan and First Contact are all pretty equal in my enjoyment of them That's not to say which one is the better movie I'd say like the best movie of the three is Wrath of Khan like critically right but the ones that I get the most enjoyment out of I I get I I I get in like equal enjoyment out of all three of them, I think. Um I love that moment where they steal the Enterprise in search for Spock. Oh, yeah. I think it's incredible. It's like it's, it's oh it's like it's like the most kind of it just feels the most Star Trek to me, despite like none of them are in uniforms and it's but it's just such about that crew and how much they care about each other and what they're willing to do for each other. And oh, God, I just, I love it so much. Um, and I, Did and work? I do, I do really love First Contact. I, I think First Contact is really just, it has no right to be as good as it is. When we, when <laughs> we, when we rewatched it, I, I thought for sure, cause I remember liking Genes- uh, Generations and I still, I love the cold open of Generations before we end up on the holodeck on the ship. Yeah. Um, right. All, all of that stuff. Before that is incredible, and yeah, so you're yeah. oh, watching like, it and you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, this movie's gonna be amazing!" And then you get on the ship and you're like, "Oh, okay." And then the dialogue <laughs> starts getting a little cheesy, and it's not great. Um, but yeah. first contact. So like generations, I rewatching generations. I was like, "Ah, maybe first contact isn't gonna work as well as I thought." And man, it works like oh, it's crazy good. First contact oh, that's is fantastic. Oh yeah, first contact's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, so I, I, all of those are almost equal. I mean, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go wrath of Khan first contact and search for Spock third, but, um, they're so close. I mean, they're within, you know, I don't know how you would measure that, but within like millimeters of each other, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, sure. they're, yeah. I don't know. What about you, Nick?
3: So for the sake of brevity, and also because I'm not nearly as well versed in the fan and in, in the, the canon as Scott is. Scott has seen every episode of every show, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, not every episode of Enterprise. And I and I quit Voyager uh, after the we're all lizards, lizards who have sex with each other episode. That was that was enough for me.
3: OK, well, let me know what season that is and I'll start there. um so instead i will say what my favorite and what my least favorite are i'll just go straight from top to bottom um my fit and again like i i i'm not going to pretend to be able to judge which is like the best made or like the purest you know expression of star trek or whatever but the, the my favorites the one that i i would show to like a new friend or significant other, you know what I mean? About like, sure. this is Star Trek. This is why I, this is why people love this. I think <laughs> is um, um, my favorite, my t- my favorite movies. It's tied between the 09 reboot and first contact because first contact is my introduction to the universe. I think it's such a beautiful story. I think Patrick Stewart is top form in that. I think Jonathan Frakes, did a weirdly good job directing it. Um no disrespect to him. <laughs> but um yeah, and I just I just think it's and it's like to me it speaks to the optimism. I love that we we go to Earth at its lowest. I mean Scott and I have been talking about this a lot this year for obvious reasons, but it's like I I, I love that the world gets so much worse than we think it will before it gets so much better. Um mm-hmm. and I, I like I love Zephyr from Cochran and all that. And then the 09 reboot I think is just like pure fun. And I think distills the relationship between these characters and I think does a really good job of getting people interested in then going back and watching like, you know, the original series and City on the Edge of Forever and, you know, all that. Um, And then I think the worst movies, the ones that I've had the least fun watching would probably be I always get Final Frontier an undiscovered country mixed up because they always feel like Final Frontier should be the one about God. Um, uh,
2: it is right. Final is. Frontier yeah,
3: is the is. one about God. One about yeah. The, yeah, oh, but undiscovered country because well, of it's that quote. Because then I think, oh, undiscovered country right. like heaven, like the the realm of God. No, no <laughs> undiscovered oh. country is the undiscovered country is the one that's like the weird who assassinated like the
2: yeah, it's the, the it's the Klingon yeah. murder mystery. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's my least favorite. Oh, just,
2: coming to dinner,
3: yeah, yeah, tied with nemesis, even though there are moments of nemesis that I enjoy, like data singing at the wedding, and um oh
2: yeah, well <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and that's the thing, right, so we rank these movies, but i I will go out and i and I will say. I rewatch all of these, and I don't think that there's a bad Star Trek movie. I think they're of varying levels of quality, but I would hesitate to call any of them bad. Even, even that's a great yeah yeah even even like Nemesis and and Final Frontier, which are weird and Trying. not great yeah. But but they but yeah, it's just there's always something. That's why I'm 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 you know excited for you guys because i think that watching even the the movies that are considered like the bad star trek movies watching them one minute at a time i think you guys will find that there's just so much in each movie to love regardless yeah
0: i i, oh, yeah, I completely definitely. agree there's yes. there, yeah there's no bad star trek film because they all have their moments
2: oh, yeah
1: and, we uh, can we can bag on some of them you know in some of the <laughs> moments and you know but yeah there's not a movie that when if it's on i won't stop and watch it
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Scott and Nick, uh, thanks so much for being here this week and sharing this uh special set of minutes with us. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was great. Yeah, agreed. We had a great time too, and uh uh we appreciated the support getting us through these. <laughs> um still a still a few more to go Yes <laughs> before, But uh but we'll uh we'll deal with that next week. I'm sad um, that I
3: missed Scotty playing the bagpipes. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, I guess one last time, do you want to share with folks, uh, where they can find you online?
2: Uh, yeah. So com is our, our main website and you can find back to the future minute there. We've done, uh, part one and part two. Uh, those are complete. So there's like 200 and like two 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 hundred and change, 200 and like 30 or 40 episodes, something like that. Um, because those two films are finished and then we're starting Back to the Future Part 3 on January 2nd uh, daily until we finish. And uh, then you can also find our other podcasts. Uh, Nick and I do a Doctor Who podcast called The Doctor's Companion where yeah. we we go through the, uh, the every Doctor one Doctor at a time. So we just finished our third season of – uh, the long way around is what we're calling it, and it's uh, Nick and I, and our co host Cassandra, who also uh, co hosts Lord of the Rings Minute on our site. Um, we uh, we just finished our third season of Doctor's Companion, where we basically um, what we do is uh, we talk about the first story of each doctor, and then the third, the second story, and the third story. So, our third season was us talking about the third story of every doctor, and uh, now I think we're just sort of waiting for the new season to start because uh, we'll go on hiatus for that, and then
3: uh, yeah, the the show sort of unexpectedly Capaldi. took a year long hiatus this past year. Uh, the
2: the the Doctor Who, not the podcast. Yeah,
3: Doctor Who. Uh, hopefully, it'll be coming back soon. Right. We can just talk about the regular episodes. Right. Um, yeah. So so we're coming back on Christmas because the the show's coming back.
2: Yeah, for Um, the Christmas special, yeah. Yeah,
3: the return of um, Professor What's It,
2: Uh, whatever. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So we do do that, and then, of course, uh, we have Geek by Night, which is kind of our baby. It's like our original audio drama that we— It's our
3: Genesis project.
2: Right? (laughs) That we we write and produce, and it's a fully cast audio drama with uh, uh, an original score and— Sound effects and uh, actors from all over the world. Uh, Got some
3: really cool uh, Audioverse Award nominations recently that was really really great for some of our amazing cast members. Yeah, Um, fingers crossed we
2: win a few of them. Yeah,
3: I I, I like it. I I love it when our actors are nominated because we can just brag without coming across as, like, egotistical.
2: Right. Yeah, one of our actors was (laughs) nominated opposite Felicia Day uh, for her performance. Uh, nice. Which wow, is very good. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Felicia Day and a uh seventh doctor companion. Um they were both nominated for audio dramas that they were in and she was nominated opposite them. Uh which is crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's Geek by Night. It's uh it's about um it's about uh friends who run a comic book store together and they get superpowers and it's funny and dramatic. And we kind of compare it to Buffy the Vampire Slayer in like the tone where it can be really funny but also have like drama and stuff as well. So um, there's a lot going on and we're really proud of it. And we'd uh, we'd love for you guys to check it out if uh, you get a chance. Check out all of our shows if you so desire.
0: <laughs> Definitely. There's something there for everybody for sure. So yeah. that's uh, that's awesome, guys.
3: The human adventure right. truly well, uh... is just beginning.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: nice uh, all right uh, fellow nerds then you can find uh, us online we're at wrathth We're or on Twitter at wok minute Instagram at wrath of con minute and uh, you can always join the wrath of con minute listener Federation on Facebook and uh, continue the conversation about this film and the other other movies coming up um, and uh, yeah we'll be back again here on Monday uh, with minute 100 of Star Trek 2 here at the Con Minute
1: I have been and always shall be your friend.